0: in our hearts to you, but God, that you open our minds to be filled with your knowledge and we see what is meant to be seen through your eyes, Lord. But not only that, God, I ask that you ask that your spirit be upon each and every one of us and ask this simple question. How and why do we believe you exist? Because how we answer that question will answer where we are going in this life. And it actually points us to the one true Savior. And I ask that you just be with us throughout this rest of the time. That we worship you. We love you. and praise you. We love you. Amen. Good morning.
1: Good morning, friends. Can I call you friends? I want to start and I want to read something to you. I introduced myself to several of you um, as I came in. And you didn't know me, but I... I just want to read something to you. It says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And let me just say, thank you for being a church where somebody can walk in and see and feel the love of Christ. Thank you for that. Hey, there's something that you need to know about me before we start. And uh, I'm I'm really vocal, and I like people to be vocal back to me, so I might ask you to repeat some things after me. We're going to start with that this morning. Here's the first thing I want you to repeat after me. Say, he's weird. I am weird. I am a weird guy, and you need to know that. That will help you navigate me as I'm here with you this week. So let me introduce myself to you. My name is Michael. Um, I get to be the student pastor at Newark Fellowship, and you might think, man, what, what does that mean? Well, that means uh, from the time that those kids hit puberty until the time that you're sick of them and kick them out of the house, I get to deal with them. So thank you for causing all those wonderful problems and issues. I am married, I have a wonderful wife, her name is Lena, I have two kids, Um, my daughter is four years old, her name is Remy, and my son is seven, his name is Reuben. and I like to call them my personal terrorists from God, okay, he gave those to us to test us, but that is a little bit about me. Let me tell you why I am here. Matt is at a conference right now with his wife, and can I just really encourage you, I hope that right now you're praying for your pastor. I hope that right now you're taking his name before the throne, before the Lord, and asking the Lord to speak to him, to encourage him, and to build him up. I hope that you're doing that right now as a church. And in fact, we're about to do that for Matt right now before we start. So can I invite you to pray with your pastor with me? Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name, and God, we know that his name has all power and all authority, and we lift up our brother Matt to you. God, I pray that you do with him as he's away. God, I pray that you might stir something within him. God, that you might give him fresh wind and fresh fire from you. God, that you might encourage him, that you might reveal yourself to him in a way that blows him away, that can serve your people better. God, we pray that you might do all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, if you're in the room and you like to fly, you like flying. will you raise your hand for me? Anybody like to fly? My people. I love to fly. it is just really fun. I mean, I think every time we fly, we really get to participate in time travel. Like, it's kind of crazy to me that I can get on an airplane and be in Florida in an hour, or I can drive there and it take 10 hours. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, last month, in January, we took a trip with some of our juniors and seniors, and we went to Orlando. There's this conference down there called Rock the Universe, and there's like 12 different concerts that go on in one night at Universal Studios. It is awesome. If you ever get the chance to go, you should go. It's really, really good. But while we were there, um, we all got to fly together. Now, I like to fly by myself. I like to fly with my family. But I really love to fly like in a pack of people. It is just really fun, especially when you've got some students who have never flown before, and you can just freak them out, right? Like right in the middle of turbulence, you can look at them and be like, I don't know what's going on right now. And just to see them lose their minds. It's fun, and I like to fly. You know, while we were there at the airport, there was a group of 20 of us, and we were kind of sitting around. And and as we were there, there just kept coming some questions that people had about our group. And we're going to talk about three questions today that I feel like you might ask somebody at an airport. But these are three questions, friend, that you better be asking yourself these questions about life. You better know the answer to these questions. So this morning, what I want to do for you is I want to share with you three questions that you and I need to answer before we take flight
2: from this life
1: into the next. What are we talking about this morning? Well, I'll give you a big hint. It starts with D and ends with F. Anybody got an idea? Today we're going to talk about death. And hey, I do this really weird thing because I'm weird. Um, anytime before we teach from the scriptures, or talk about the scriptures, I think it's important that we ask God to speak. So I want to invite you just to pray this over yourself, pray this over somebody sitting next to you. In fact, put your hand on somebody. It's next to you, and here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, God, speak, and I will listen. Father, God, that's our prayer today, that you might come and speak to us, and that you might give us ears to listen. God, there's all kinds of reasons why we don't listen. Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe we're in the middle of a mess. That's all we can think about. But God, I pray that you might speak to us. And that you would give us ears to listen, to know what you want to say. As ask that you do this in do the same, everybody said. Amen. The book of Ecclesiastes says this. There's two verses I want to read to you. Here's what they say. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born. time to pluck up what is planted. For everything, there is a season, a time to be born and a time to die. You know, one of the things that I'm convinced of as a pastor is that we are supposed to do everything that we can to teach people and to show people how to live life well. Right? That's the duty, that's the call of a shepherd teach people how to live. But one of the things that I've been thinking about here lately is we don't really teach people how to die. And all of us, I got a news flash for you, all of us, one out of one of us is going to die outside of Jesus coming back and saving us. Death has been on my mind a lot this week. We had a student a couple weeks ago, some of you may have heard about him, his name is Tylen. George And they were at a basketball game. And he went and dumped the ball. And, and when he fell, he just kind of swung off the rim. And the first thing that hit the ground was his head. And he immediately started seizing after he did it. And they life-flighted him to the hospital. It's a near-death experience. Had multiple students. call him and ask him, hey, what do you think? Is he going to be okay? Hey, last week there was a grand. But 19 years old had an aneurysm and passed away. We, we have a couple in our small group right now who had a child born early and that child's name is Hunter and Hunter has been in the hospital on full oxygen for weeks and she's fighting for her life. and just this week she's starting to make the turn. She's starting to turn the corner. And my wife have a friend that we went to college with. his name is Colin three beautiful children, a beautiful wife. And in the middle of the night, Colin's wife woke up to Colin having a seizure in bed, and he died on the way to the hospital. His wife just celebrated three months old of their newest child. For everything, there is a season, a time to be born, and a time to die. Here's the first question that I feel like we really need to begin to ask ourselves. Question number one, when do we leave? That's certainly a common question that we hear in an airport. I mean, if you sit down next to somebody, they're probably going to ask you, especially if you're eating, if you're not like at the gate where you're leaving, hey, when do you leave? They can ask you that question about life, when do you leave? You know, that to me is one of the most perplexing things coming, but none of us know when it's coming. When do you leave? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says this. It is appointed to man once to what? To die. And after that comes the judgment. I want to get really morbid with you here for a second, okay? Because I think it's important. But I just want you to look around the room and lock eyes with somebody. somebody. I tell you something about the person that you're looking at? They're going
2: to die.
1: Can can I tell you about people that you haven't even met yet? They're going to be like really good friends to you, and you're going to live life, and you're going to enjoy their company. Can I tell you a secret about them? They're going to die. Every single person that we do know or that we will know has the same Unto man wants to die. And then the judgment. I have no idea how much time that each and every one of us have left. But here's what I do know. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday. You're one day closer to clocking in the last time today than you were yesterday. And hey, here's the reality the scriptures teach that the moment we die, there will be judgment. We will go and stand in judgment. I don't know about you, but not knowing when I die and knowing that that's coming next, well, that kind of puts a sense of urgency in me and on me. So when do you leave? I'll tell you something else about death. is Death takes all of us by surprise. Sure, there's some people that struggle with health, and and we know, and doctors have been telling us, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and those really don't take us by surprise. But a lot of death takes us by surprise. Can I tell you something? Not one single person has ever died and it took God by surprise. Did you know that? Not not one single person. Here's what the scripture says, Psalms 139-16. Listen to this. This is a psalmist talking about God, and he said, God, your eye. Saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that you formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. I go, what does that mean? Friend, that means that before you were born, your unformed substance, before you were born, God had written down how many days in that book a detailed account of what he wanted you to do with the life that he gave you before you were ever even born. Our deaths don't take God by surprise, but they certainly take us by surprise. So the first question that happens in an airport that I'm convinced we need to start asking ourselves is, when do I leave? Let me tell you why this question is so important and why this question is so powerful. If you knew when you left, it would cause urgency on you. If you knew this is the time that I have left, you would not waste your time doing stupid, silly, frivolous things. You would not. You would not withhold forgiveness and reconciliation from someone that you need to if you knew. Question number one is when do you leave? Hey, help me. What do you think the second question is that we ask people as we sit across from them in the airport? What do we ask?
2: Where
1: are you going? Where are you going? Or where are you headed? Where are you headed? Where are you going? This is a question a ton of our students got asked in January. Where are you going? And we all talk. lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered in sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table moreover even the dogs came and licked his sores and the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side the rich man also died and he was buried and in Hades being in torment He lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham far off. back and let me just drink the drop that drops off your finger. I ain't never been that thirsty. Not one time. And this man that is in Hades says, Father Abraham, would you send Lazarus, would you just let him dip the tip of his finger in water and and let me just have what drops off of it. Do you hear the desperation? Do you see the discomfort, the agony? Says Father Abraham, what do you tell him to do that? Verse 25, but Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime you received good things. And Lazarus in a manner received bad things, but now he is comforted, and you are in
2: anguish.
1: And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross. From there to us. Hey, where are you going? The Bible, and I don't care what culture says, I don't care what people say, the Bible says that heaven and hell are real places. It is not an allegory. It is a real place. And real people go there every day. I go, do you really think that hell's a real place? Why do you think that hell's a real place? I've never seen hell, but here's what I do know. Jesus talked a lot about hell. And if I'm going to trust him with what he says in his word, I've got to trust everything that he says in his word. You ever met somebody and said, hey, man, you believe in heaven? Oh, yeah, I believe in heaven. It's going to be great. He doesn't want you. you believe in hell? No, I don't believe in hell. Well, that's just about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How are you going to believe what Jesus says about heaven but not believe what Jesus says about hell? I know it makes no sense. It's a real place. You know, my question when I think about death and when I think about hell is... so that no one can cross. It means that whatever that destination is is an eternal destination. So you go, okay, is it real chicken, like bone-in chicken, or is it like chicken nuggets? Okay, let's say you go to Katie's restaurant, you get some bone-in chicken, and you're there, and you know, God forbid, you just you choke to death on that chicken bone.
2: <laughs>
1: so of y'all ain't gonna get chicken today. Start chicken out. No chicken. Hey, you 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 choke to death on that chicken bone. <laughs> People ask when they're at the airport. That's probably my favorite question because I just got back from the airport. It's the last question that the attendant asks you when you're getting on the plane. Anybody know what it is? Where is your boarding pass? Where is that boarding pass? Y'all know what the boarding pass is? That boarding pass, I can pay for your ticket, you can print it off, and now they got it special. You can get that boarding pass on your phone. I learned that. This past trip that we took, I can scan that thing as long as I got my phone. They can scan it off my phone. It's awesome. Has anybody been to the National Airport since they redone it? You've been there? Man, it's nice, right? I don't know what all that stuff is hanging off the ceiling when you walk in, but it's nice. Hey, we walk in and we got 20 juniors and seniors with us. We get off the bus and we're there. I've got the whole stack of boarding passes with one of my volunteers. And I tell her, I said, man, I said, give them their boarding passes. they have to have it as they scan those IDs, scan the boarding passes, give it to each We give all the boarding passes out. And uh, y'all been to the New national Airport, you know, right, right when you walk in, you come down that escalator. If you look to the right, there's a bathroom right there. So I told our whole crew, hey, we're all going potty together, right? It's like herding cats. We're all going to the bathroom together. We'll go from the bathroom, we'll go to check-in, then we'll go to our gate, you can get a snack, you can go get whatever you want. From the time that you walk into the airport to walk down those stairs and go to the bathroom, it's a hundred steps. It ain't very far. We go to the bathroom, and I get in, and I've got two of my junior boys behind me, and I hear this lady screeching behind us.
2: Sir, sir, you dropped something.
1: Something that we are given in life that that will literally take you from this life to the next and if you don't have it, you're not going to get the next life that you want. Let me tell you what that boarding pass ain't. That boarding pass ain't the faith of your parents. You don't get to inherit that. Now you might get an awesome inheritance. You might get the land, you might get the house, you might get the pond, the ATV, the guns, whatever it is that you're hoping to as an inheritance from your parents. You might get it, but you're not going to inherit the faith of your parents. It is not credited to you. Let me tell you what else you're not going to get of a boarding pass. You will not get a boarding pass because you are a good person. Can I tell you this? Because I'm a guest, and for some of you, I'll probably never see you again. Because you'll tell Matt, hey, don't ever ask that guy again. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something that I know about you? Just because I love you. So eyes and ears right here. Can I tell you something about you? You're not a good person. Can I tell you something about me? I'm a wretch. There is no such thing on planet earth as good people. Michael, you don't even know me. How can you say it? Because Jesus said it. No one is good. No, not one. I think he's talking about me. He is. I think he's talking about you. He is. A lot us are banking our good life and hoping, man, I'm going to be good, and that goodness, that's going to be my my stamp when I stand before it. I'm waiting to get to heaven. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I'm a good person, and you're going to be real disappointed if that is your answer to get you in. Let me tell you how good you are. Let me tell you how good I am. I'm so good that somebody innocent had to die for me. I don't sound too good. Because it ain't. Borden Pass is not going to be the faith of your parents. It won't be because you were a good person. Because you're not. Hey, let me tell you this. I'm just about to get churchy on you. It won't be because you didn't participate in certain sins. Michael, I've never drank before. Okay. Michael, I've never smoked before. I've never vaped before. Michael, I've never ever participated in any form of premarital sex. Okay. None of those things count towards your righteousness. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that your righteousness, all of it, is like a filthy rag. A filthy rag. Hey, I love to cook. Hey, one thing I'm never going to do when I'm cleaning up before or after cooking, I never go to the laundry room and say, Hey, babe, will you get me the dirtiest, nastiest rag out of there right I can wipe down this pot before we start making something with it? I never do that, you don't either. We're not good people. The faith of your parents is not going to count. And it doesn't credit anything to you of your own righteousness because there were sins that you avoided. You are still just as guilty as everybody else. Well, Michael, where am I supposed to get this boarding pass? And let me tell you something. Your boarding pass is Jesus Christ. And Him and Him alone. Not Jesus plus. Not Jesus and... Your morning pass is Jesus Christ alone. Here's what he said, his own words, John chapter eleven, verses twenty five through twenty six. He said this: Jesus said to her, "I am." Now just pause right there. Do you know who Jesus is claiming to be when he says those two words in the New Testament? "I am." Do you know who he's claiming to be? He's saying, "I am God." I am. Who are you, Jesus? I am the. and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And here's the most important question in all of Scripture, and it's not just a question for them, it's a question for you. Here it is. Do you believe? you belief in a lifetime of faithfully following Jesus, I and mean, here's, here's what I know with people that I talk to. Um, you know, being a pastor is hard. I say that. You might not think it is. I mean, I know some of you guys say pastors work two days a week. What a lie! I, I, I got a phone call last night at eleven o'clock. My phone was on silent, but but they called the guy that I work with. And the guy that I worked with was at somebody's house last night until 5 a.m. Talking to them, talking them down off a ledge. It, it's hard being a pastor. It's hard with people. But the boarding pass that Jesus gives is free. It's belief. He said the best thing about this boarding pass is not based on anything really. It's, it's not based on your righteousness that looks like a filthy rag. It's based on His righteousness. It's looks like a robe of white. It's not based on all your failures and all your works you've done. It's based on all the perfect works that He's done. You got your board and pass. Hey, do, do you believe this? Do you believe Jesus Christ when He says, I am the way, I'm the truth, and the life? And listen, in no man comes to the Father but by me. Do you believe You might have a question, Michael, what does that mean? Well, friends, we're talking about salvation. What does it mean to be saved? What does it look like for me to do that? I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And I want to walk through something with you. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And I want to walk through with you quickly as we're done. I want to walk through with you what the scriptures say that every human being has to do in order to be saved. Little pop quiz, if you're human in the room, raise your hand. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being honest. If you're a human in the room and you hope to take flight from this life to the next, you hope to get your board in the past, you hope to be saved, let me show you what the Word says that every one of us must do to do that. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Because if you confess, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be what?
2: You will be saved.
1: Let me unpack those two things for you so they are crystal clear. And if I never, ever see you again, never have an encounter with you again, my conscience can rest easy. The first thing that the Bible says is that we must confess Jesus as Lord with our mouth. Hey, the word confess, it means to say. And there is something very specific that Jesus wants us to say. Jesus wants each and every one of us to say, you are my Lord. Do me a favor, if you use the word Lord this week in your regular vocabulary, not like in Bible study, but if you use the word Lord this week to address somebody, raise your hand. That's what I thought. Okay, you did, right? Hey, we don't really use the word Lord anymore. You know what Lord means? It means boss. Michael, that's a little bit. said the words out loud, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Have you done it? Here's the second thing that the Scriptures say that people have to do. It says that we have to believe in our, believe in your heart, that God raised Him from the dead. Can, Can I tell you something that's interesting? Did you know that every single demon alive believes that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead? Did you know that? That's what the book of James teaches. And yet, there is a distinct difference in their destination and our destination
0: as believers.
1: Do you know why? They believe that Jesus is raised from the dead and it's head knowledge. But Paul here is saying that you have to believe with a heart knowledge that God raised him from the dead. Can I show you the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge? Can I show you the difference? Alright, let me show you the difference. How many of you, I want you to think about the person that you love the most in your life right now? If family's around you and they're sitting beside you, right, don't look at them because you're going to make everybody else feel uncomfortable, right? You got that person in your mind that you love the most? Let me ask you a question Do you love that person in your head or in your heart? Which one? In your heart! Hey, you want to know when something goes from head knowledge to heart knowledge? I'll tell you. I love Oreos. Not double-stuffed. You're a narcissist if you eat double-stuffed Oreos. They are not good. Don't do it. Regular Oreos. I love them. i tell you something. I'm confessing, right, being being real. I know in my mind it is not good for me to peel open that sleeve of Oreos and eat that whole middle row of them. I know that. I know it. You know what I do? I do it. And I love it. I I know in my head I should not do it. But my head knowledge does not change my behavior. I Can to tell you something about heart knowledge? Heart knowledge changes behavior. When you say that you love your kids as you do, and it's from the heart, it changes your behavior towards them. And that's what Paul here is saying, is that we have to have a head knowledge and a heart knowledge. And the heart knowledge comes from action. So here's the question. Have you done those two things? Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? And do you right now, today, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead? Michael, what would the proof be that, that I do those things? Well, your life would look
2: different.
0: Michael, that seems like an
1: Know them by their fruits. Are there fruits in your life? Hey, some fruits take longer to grow, and that's okay. But have you done those two things? Three questions you need to think about. Question number one When do you leave? We don't know, but God does. Question number two Where are you? the great news about this question. You choose the destination. Here's question number three. Do you have your boarding pass? Do you believe in the gospel? Do you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And have you confessed him as Lord? Here's what I want you to do for me before the pan comes and before we sing. We do that here, right? We do that. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I-, I want you to ask that question to yourself do I have my boarding pass? And If the the answer is yes, I'm going to tell you what to do in just a second. But listen to me, friend. If that answer is no, and and you are ready to know the Lord, man, seek somebody. I'll I'll be right up here up front. I'd love to talk to you. But If you want to find somebody that you know, hey, there'd be people that would love to talk to you. Here's what else I want you to do. If you're here this morning and you would say, yeah, I got my boarding pass. And can I just tell you, there'd be I want you to do right now as we sing and as we worship. I just want you to pray for them. I want you to pray over them and I want you to use a very specific yeah. prayer. You ready? Here's the prayer. God use me. God use me. Let me pray for you and then we'll sit as the band comes. Father God, we love you. God, I pray that you spoke in today. God, thank you so much that we have these questions about life that don't have to go unanswered because your word answers all of them. God, your word tells us that even though none of us know when we're going, you know when we're going. You know when, going. You know when we are last day. God, thank you that your word gives us the choice of where we're going. Where we're going. And God, thank you that you have freely offered up salvation for all who might believe. For all who might confess with their mouth and all who might believe in their heart, that they might be saved. God, I pray for my friends in the room who don't know you, God, that they might come to know you, that they might come to do those two things today. God, I pray for my friends in the room who do know you.
3: I just want to speak the name of Jesus the earth, dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus
2: Cause Your name is power Your name is healing, your name is light. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire.
3: Just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. To every soul held captive by depression, I speak Jesus.
2: Your name is. is healing, your name is Break every struggle, shine through the shadow. Your name is I break every home, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire.
3: Shout Jesus from the mountains. And Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family. I speak
2: the holy
3: name. Jesus. Shout Jesus
2: from... Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, and Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus.